Welcome to episode three of Three Pillars Fitness. I am Lady Carnivory, aka JC, and I'm joined by my co-host, Brian Cruz. You can find me on Instagram at pt.briancruz. Today we are talking about a subject I think a lot of people have a lot of interest in, um, cutting versus bulking. And I mean, inherently through that, we're probably going to talk about recomposition as well. So I think a lot of people start losing weight and then eventually they get to a point where they want to start building muscle. Um, and so we're going to talk about kind of that process. And if someone were just starting out, what your tips would be for them. So is there anything initially you want to cover? When I train, when I work with people, I don't solely work with carnivores. I've worked with vegans and, and, and the people that eat a balanced diet, everything, right? Because it, it, and this might be a trigger for some, but for me, a calorie is a calorie is a calorie. I don't care where it's coming from. It's a, it's a source of energy. Um, the macronutrient that you're eating is going to serve a purpose in some capacity. So whatever you, you decide that you want to feel, however you want to decide to feel your body, that's your business, but I will put it to work and I will work with you. Now, when I went into carnivore, uh, one of the cool things I found was um, I was satiated. So I found that I no longer needed to eat, you know, every three hours. And honestly, if I tried, I don't think I could based on the fact that I was eating as much as I am. Um, sometimes even now I'll have, you know, one meal a day simply because it's so nutrient dense. Forget about just the fats. That's all I'm eating, right? When I first went into carnivore, the first thing I wanted to see was, will I have the energy? And I did. And that was basically strict, like powerlifting, deadlifting. You know, you take a certain amount of rest in between sets. Yeah, okay, I'm recovering. The second question would be, and a lot of my friends were, were questioning this. It's like, well, you know, you won't have enough energy. You can't perform. Okay, well, every, every couple of weeks I alternate and I do a week to two weeks of metabolic conditioning, which is high intensity. Um, the most popular right now that you would know would be CrossFit. And I was able to perform, right? And so no loss of energy, no real loss of strength. I was able to go. Everything was great up until I'd say maybe three or four months into it. And then I started to notice that my strength started to lag and not in the sense that I was, I was taking steps back. I just wasn't progressing and I was really, really lean. So I was kind of like, okay, so clearly I've used up all the fat on my body or as much as I could. And now I've got to re assess what's going on here. And that's when I had to actually increase my, my calorie intake. Now, do I increase my fast? Do I increase my protein? I did both because in my mind, I was like, there's only two macronutrients. My fat is going to give me fuel. My protein is going to help me sustain and build more muscle. And if I fall short of fats, my body will convert protein into energy. Easy. Now, I know a lot of people are really worried about overconsuming protein because they believe um, the process the body uses to turn protein into glucose, which is the ready energy source, um, gluconeogenesis, they don't want their body to run that process as often. Um, do you think that's a concern? I think it depends. Okay. In the fitness industry, a lot of the times the answer should be, it depends because it's not just, you know, a cookie cutter answer. It's like, well, what are your goals? You know? Again, or, or the other question would be why? Why don't you want your body to go through that, you know, gluconeogenesis? What's the harm? What's the benefit? And if you can answer that, then that's the answer for that for you, really, right? So, well, you know, it, it's got a negative impact. Okay, well then, don't 
don't let your body go into that. It's got lots of positive impacts. Okay, then do it as often as you want, right? Like, I mean, these are our, our, our bodies and no one's going to know it better than yourself. And through trial and error, you're going to experience highs and lows. And whenever you have those highs, you want to document that and be like, yeah, this is what I ate. This is what I did. This is how I felt perfect. And the same holds true for when it's a negative effect, right? It's a process, right? Uh, unfortunately, you know, for, for the majority of us, we all grew up with the standard American diet. I'm going to say North American diet so that it includes Canada, but yeah. And so, um, basically we are teaching our body to find a different way of, of finding energy or reintroducing it. I think a lot of people are very focused on fat loss at the beginning of their fitness journey. Um, and then perhaps after that, they start looking into becoming more fit, whatever that looks like for them, whatever their chosen activity is. So for fat loss, um, you know, for carnivores specifically, we only have the two macros, it's protein and fat. Um, and I know that a lot of people come to carnivore from a ketogenic diet. And so they believe that they have to keep their fats super high to be healthy. Um, I have not found this to be true in my own cut. So what would you say, how would you play with macros for a cut? Okay. So we got to look at, and so specifically with you, when I was looking at you, right. Um, you know, I'm looking at JC, she's lean already but we want to show off the muscles that she's put on over the period of time that we were we were training um and so specifically because we aren't using carbs our bodies are are already in a fat burning zone whereas people who consume carbs their body needs to use the carbs first and then it has to transition into fat burning right so we basically just cut out the middleman and went straight into that Again, and it's and it's kind of mathematical if you really think about it, right? So let's presume we want to get rid of five pounds of fat off of you. Well, then the assumption is that I want to reduce the amount of fat or fuel that I'm providing my body with, right? Mathematically, that makes sense, right? Calories in, calories out. And so you want to make sure that that's, that's happened in order for you to your body to then say, oh, well, we're, we're low on energy. Let's go, let's go burn some fat. Now I can understand what I'm making the argument. Well, then you're, you know, you're going to, you're going to lose muscle. Yes, you are. That's normal. This is where I have a problem with, um, people in the fitness industry, presuming that you can build muscle and lose fat at the same time. It doesn't really work that way. In theory, I guess you can, you can argue, well, if you're putting on muscle and you're feeding the protein and, and you're doing your cardio, yeah, you could, but the bottom line is bodybuilders know that bodybuilders with the exception of using uh performance enhancing drugs they know they are going to be weak they know they're going to lose some strength some muscle mass the idea or the trick is to lose more body fat than the amount of muscle that you are going to burn right and this is i think like i said i think people are are delusional in thinking that, that well, I put on all this muscle, so I'm just going to burn all my fat. Well, no, you're not because you're going to burn some muscle. It's just it, that's the way it works. The idea, again, is to, to somehow strategically burn off more fat than muscle. And that's why weight training is important because it's the only activity that is going to help you sustain muscle 
and burn calories as well. You can do all the cardio you want, but the problem with cardio is that all it does is burn calories. You may have some sort of stimulus in terms of muscle contraction, but it most definitely doesn't stimulate muscle growth, right? So I think most people would understand what you're talking about in terms of the word recomp. Like you hear a lot of people saying recomp and that's the intent of that is to build muscle and lose body fat at the same time. Um, I think that there's definitely ways to protect against muscle catabolism, which is when your body actually consumes muscle for energy. Um, because if you don't have enough energy stores, as Brian said earlier, what will happen is your body runs gluconeogenesis. And if there's not enough protein in the bloodstream to do that, it will use your body muscles to do so. Um, kind of extreme examples of this would be like anorexia cases where the person who's suffering from the eating disorder eventually experiences tachycardia because your heart is one of the biggest muscles in your body or the strongest or whatever. Um, and so your body will actually start consuming all muscles, not just skeletal muscles. Yeah. Our body doesn't care. Our body is very, um, path of least resistance, right? So it's going to work with whatever's available, readily available. So if I am someone who is just starting my fitness weight loss journey, mm -hmm. um, and I understand that one, my ultimate goal is going to be to have a muscular physique. However, I do have body fat to lose. Do you recommend people start with a cut and then go into a bulk or the opposite? I think that's a more psychological thing. Um, mm. You know, I feel as though most people want to, and this is just through experience, my 20 some odd years of experience, everyone wants to cut first and then build muscle for whatever reason. I don't know what, what it is. I, I think it has more to do with this necessity of, um, I need to see the results right away. And so most, most certainly, you know, you start burning off that fat, you're going to start to see, you know, your collarbone, you're going to start to see, uh, your traps come in, you know, some, some contours in your arms, most definitely. But the problem with that is, and I've tried to explain this to a lot of clients in the past, if let's say you measure your arm and it's 20 inches around, right? You've got about let's say three inches of fat on you though. Okay. So that means there's about 17 inches of lean body tissue. If you are just cutting, 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 now you're cutting out those three inches and now you no longer have 20 inch arms. You now have 17 inch arms. And from a man's perspective, I don't know any man that actually is happy with smaller arms. Right? So, so you got to kind of, look at it that way by the same token with women right women especially nowadays it's all about their you know their thighs butt ratio and you know most women just genetically they are more bottom heavy right and so you know you have a booty great you're going to lose the body fat around your booty all of a sudden you end up with a flat butt right but you're leaner and you weigh less right but you've got a flat butt so now all of a sudden you want to build the problem with that is you probably burnt off some of the muscle that would have, you know, from an aesthetic perspective, would have looked great had you done the weights, cut back on your on your uh, calories, and if you wanted to increase your cardio, right? So anyone starting, I would say, honestly, most most surely start off with weight training resistance training and resistance training doesn't mean that you have to train at a hundred percent, 90%, 80%. Uh, 
I would say even just training 50 to 60% of your maximum capacity is still better than just going and doing cardio, right? Because what happens is, and it's really cool, your 50% eventually becomes 40%. So if the goal is to constantly be training at 50%, you're going to add weight to what you're pushing, right? And then all of a sudden, oh, I'm getting stronger. Oh, add a little bit more weight. So as long as you're 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 still working within those parameters, it's got to be structured, right? That's another thing is if you don't follow some sort of structure and you kind of hope for the best, well, that's great. Hope for the best, right? I, I always quote Ben Franklin where he's like, you know, fail to plan. If you fail to plan, plan to fail, right? Like, I mean, mm. you have to have some sort of structure. It just doesn't make sense to go and you know, all willy nilly. Yeah, I'm, I'm lifting weights. I'm doing this. I'm taking ice baths. I'm, okay, but how do you know what's working? You know, how do you know what's working? How do you know what isn't working? How do you know what's just unnecessarily stressing your body? What's the point, right? If you want to strategically lose your weight. So the first thing I would say is take up weight training, work, work at whatever capacity, ideally that, you know, I would say ideally would be 60 to 70 to start off with and look at what you're eating. And right off, right off the bat, cut out 400 calories. The stand, the standard for for leaning out is 400 calorie uh, deficit. To bulk, it's the 400 uh, calorie uh, surplus, right? Three to four, but I, I like to say four. Um, so even if you're heavy, if you cut out four 400 calories and you take up more activity, you're gonna lose weight you're going to burn body fat. And if you are actually weight training, you're going to retain that muscle and possibly put on muscle. And what I, what I try to explain to people there is by virtue of putting on muscle, you're actually increasing the horsepower in your engine. So, you know, you take a, a six cylinder engine versus a 12 cylinder engine, which one burns more fuel, the 12 cylinder, right? Why do you want to be a six cylinder engine when you could be a 12 cylinder engine? Right. And then for the, and the for the people that love to eat, well, then doesn't that mean you can eat more? Right. Absolutely. So I see a lot of people, you know, I think a lot of people are anxious to see progress to your point and they're anxious to get results. Um, personally, I've never really had success with quote unquote crash approaches like crash diets or extreme approaches. Typically what has worked well for me is more smaller, sustainable lifestyle choices, um, cutting out the bad and adding more of the good. So what would you say to people who are doing a more extreme approach, like a significant calorie deficit, or they're taking extended fasting into rotation, stuff like that? I, you know what, I think it's all a mental game, really, right? Some people are, have the mental fortitude to be able to do that. And that's great, right? Being mentally strong is, is, is a superpower. Not many people have the ability to say, I'm going to do this and I'm going to be successful, right? The question is, what is the end result? So you want to do extended fast. That's great. But what is the actual purpose? You know, people will throw, you know, oh, autophagy, where I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, burn all these bad cells and whatnot. And okay, but do you really need to? I feel like society is just very excessive. And even when it comes to being healthy, people are excessive. You know, I'm going to drink lots of water. Well, why? Like, I mean, your body can only, you know, filter out a certain amount of water. And 
the funny thing is I, and I joke with people, it's like, you know, you can die from drinking too much water. So don't tell me that, oh, I'm being healthy or I'm going to, I'm going to set this goal to, to have this many liters a day or a week, you know, make a habit of sipping water here and there. We've had a conversation, we've had conversations in the past where, you know, think about it as if you were out in nature, right? If you were out there living off the land, would you be able to drink, you know, two liters of water a day? Like you'd have to be lugging all that water with you. You'd have to live by a stream, and all, like I mean, it, it becomes more 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 work than than it serves value. I think. I just recently learned about the mechanism that actually causes death from drinking too much water. So your body bounces inter and intracellular fluid, and mm. it's an electrolyte balance. So depending on the amount of sodium in your bloodstream, um, is where that fluid will go. And so what happens is when you overconsume water, it basically pushes all of that water into your cells. So what happens is it pops your cells and you go into a coma because in your brain, all of the blood vessels pop and then your brain is no longer able to function. And that is freaking terrifying to me. No doubt. And, and then the question is, well, well, how much is too much? Well, why do you want to find out? Yeah. yeah, don't test you know that limit, I mean? guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's 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 the thing, right? Like I said, our society is excessive, is excessive, and you know, I want to lose this, I want to lose that. Great, and they want to implement like ten to fifteen different like variables, and it's like, why? Just you know, implement two or three, see how it works. Keep one, swap it out for another. It, we don't come with manuals, right? So it's not like, you know, we flipped a chapter 12 and it says, this is how you lose weight. Like we all independently have different, different uh, caloric needs. I was having this conversation with, uh, with Mike. I was having a conversation with him. And I was like, you know, unless you can account for every calorie that you're burning every day and your day is exactly the same, you know, you're, you're living in, in Groundhog Day world where everything's the exact same, there's, you know, you can't really account for every calorie. And then on top of that, say, well, then my workout's going to do this. And then my sleep is going to be like this. And then I'm going to burn these many calories. It just makes no sense. Right. So, you know, small baby steps, I think makes more sense. If you're goal oriented, you know, forget about the weight, forget about the, the inches. How about creating different goals? Like I want to be able to lift this much this week. You know, I've, when I train people, it's like, okay, we're, we're going to add an extra five pounds now. You know, I always want to know, well, what are you lifting? You know, I'm lifting 22. Okay, great. Looked a little easy, add another five pounds, right? So there's always that goal of getting stronger um, that people have. Why not make that your goal, right? Your body composition will inevitably change as you burn more calories, as you put on more muscle. Absolutely. So for cutting, I would say in summary, <laughs> you need to be at a calorie deficit. You need yes. to make sure you're getting enough protein, regardless of what other macros you're eating, whether it be carbs or fat, um, you want to make sure you're getting enough protein. So incorporating resistance training will also help protect against catabolism of muscles when you're cutting. Yep. Um, and then just making sure you're making sustainable choices rather than taking extreme approaches. Cause I think anytime you take an extreme approach, you're going to get extreme results. Um, but you're also going to have ex more extreme downsides, right? Whether you're actually putting your body through more stress or your end result is not what you want. Yeah. It's like, a, you know, slow and steady wins the race. If you're going to, if you're trying, okay, so let's just simply call talk, 
cutting, right? You're cutting, you're, you know, why don't you just drop all your calories then and do nothing? You're going to lose weight. You're going to lean out, right? Well, that's not, that's not what you want. Of course not. So then again, you got to be strategic, lift the weights, eat the right amount of protein, be in a calorie deficit, get good sleep. Recovery is important too. And this is the other thing. People think that, you know, I'm going to go balls to the wall. I'm going to train every day, hour and a half, hour a day. Well, where's your recovery? You know, if, if an average person needs eight to 10 hours to recover from an average day and you're doing beyond average activities, then how much sleep are you going to get then? Right? Again, it just, again, people overdo it. We're a society of excess, bottom line. I've been thinking about that a lot lately. Like, how can I maintain my quality of life while still meeting my goals? And it always comes back to slow and sustainable approaches. One of the things that I try to explain people uh, when they're kind of losing their patience with, you know, oh, I've been training for three weeks, I've been training for four months, and you know, I barely see see some change, or or I saw some change, but then it stopped, and this it's like, so how old are you? Let's say fifty something years old. Okay, great. And so when did you start gaining weight? Oh, probably, you know, after college. Okay, how many years was that? Well, about 20, 30 years. Okay, it took you 20 to 30 years to get as big as you are. Why do you think it's going to take you four months to get smaller? Really? Right? It took you time to get that big. Well, it's going to take some time for you to get smaller. So don't rush it. It just doesn't make any sense. Well, it goes back to that excess thing, right? We want it all and we want it now um Mm -hmm. but i would argue that the benefit in a fitness journey is the journey it's not the end results um i think with you know my competition even like being on stage was amazing like it was what i thought it was going to be it was an incredible experience however looking back at that whole process that's not what is in the front of my mind. The front of my mind is like remembering that I had the mental fortitude to wake up every morning and go to the gym and brush a foot of snow off my car to go to the gym at 4 a.m. Like that's what I remember. And that's what I'm proud of. It's not that moment on stage. It's everything that led up to it. Um, And so if you really live in and relish the journey, I think that that's where you're going to get the most benefit, the most, I don't know, mental reward. Like I'm proud of the work that I put in to get to this stage. I was going to say, it's a sense of accomplishment. Yeah. And so whether your, your goal is to beef up or your goal is to lean down, um, you are becoming healthier in some capacity. Right. So I think the biggest problem is, as as society has developed as you know past the industrial age and whatnot we've become lazier right we, we want to work in in white collar jobs we want to work as little as possible we we want to you know we want to live a, a a life of luxury without any hard hard work fine the problem is that our bodies are designed to work right and that's why there is there is a popularity in, in fitness you know we're weight training like i used to train this guy that that owned a lumber yard Okay, he's white collar dude on the lumberyard, and I would literally make him do, you know, kind of strongman esque type workouts. And he's like, you know, the guys at my lumberyard do this. I'm like, yeah, I know. And it was ironic that you know we have moved away from all this, you know, physical labor, only to then say, I'm going to join a gym. I'm going to buy equipment so that I could be 
physically laborious <laughs> at home, you know, and, and it, it is funny, but it is necessary. Our bodies, our bodies need to work. And that's why I always say, you know, if you're going to, you want to be healthy, you need to put your body through work. You need to eat better because that eating better is going to allow you to perform that work. And once everything starts to fall into place, again, whether it's gaining muscle or losing fat, you start to develop a habit, right? A habit of, of movement, a habit of, of, of your heart rate, you know, pounding and then dropping and pounding and it becomes just like, I mean, there's a reason why exercise, um, what's it called? Releases these chemicals in your brains. It's good for you, right? It makes you happy and all that stuff. So yeah, I think um, it was all woods. Who said? Yes, yes. <laughs> Exercise makes you um, releases endorphins. Endorphins make you happy. Happy people don't kill their husbands. Precisely. Yeah. <laughs> so, and that's what I mean, right? Like, I everyone needs to work, and so I, I honestly think that if if you think that you're going to take a shortcut, whether the shortcut be I'm just going to go for for walks and runs because it's you know it, I I don't want to lift weights or go the opposite. I'm going to do everything because I want to lose weight. You know, you're going to shoot yourself in the foot. You're not going to be happy to your point. You're not going to be happy with the end result because it wasn't sustainable, manageable. It wasn't really realistic because in real life, in real life, you know, when do you really need to do all that stuff? You don't, right? We're, we're, we're three-dimensional and we have a lot of, uh, we have a lot of things that our bodies are capable of doing, right? We, tr we should be training for strength power, endurance, speed, all those things. Yeah. And I think there's this thing of like, people think it's going to be hard, but really you're just choosing your hard, whether you choose to stay unwell, unhealthy, unfit, mm -hmm. um, that is difficult. Like that is a toll on your body. It's probably going to reduce the quality of your life and possibly even shorten your lifespan. Whereas if you choose a different hard, choose to wake up, choose to go to the gym, choose to eat healthy, it's still difficult. It's just a difficult that leads to a better end outcome well it isn't it isn't i think i think it has more to do with just building habits right like when you were when you were a kid did you automatically just yeah i'm going to start brushing my teeth every day no you probably had to you know get reminded and you know maybe you forgot and someone you know took a whiff of your breath like oh right like it's it's not it, it isn't easy to develop habits but it takes time to develop a habit. They say, what is it? 30, 30 days to develop a habit. If you can, if you can do one new thing in 30 days, that, that is going to put you towards closer to your goal, then do that. Right. It might be just as simple as getting up every morning and going to the gym, just go to the gym and then just play around with the equipment, do something move. Right. After you've, you've developed that habit, then, okay, maybe you want to start looking at, okay, well, how should I be training? What should I be training with? Right. Going balls to the wall, I honestly don't think um, turns out well for, for most people. And I think that's one of the reasons why there's a joke in the industry that the majority of the money that gyms make, it's made from people that don't go to the gym anymore. So they might have 200 members, but only 60 members really go. The rest of them are, are just paying the bills. Yeah, I've definitely done that in the past. Signed up for the gym and it's never gone. Yeah. Um, you know, setting that expectation of it's going to be hard at first, you're mm -hmm. going to develop the habit, it'll become a lifestyle choice for you eventually. Um, I yeah. think that's, that's really great approach. And like I said, the more extreme approaches have never worked for me. So I'm always going to be like, in the corner of the sustainable lifestyle choice. 
No, I was just going to say, and then when we look at seasonally, right, it all depends on where you live. Like I live in Ontario where, you know, our seasons do change. There's a definite spring, definite summer, definite, definite fall, definite winter, right? Um, and so what I noticed here, and, I'll, and like, I mean, I'm not going to call out anyone out, but it's it ebbs and flows our 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 fitness industry so in the summer right suddenly everyone's active but they're not going to the gym anymore because they want to be active they're riding their bikes they're going out here they're going to they're swimming they're they're kayaking you know great and then what actually really becomes the challenge is once it starts getting colder will they get out of bed and go to the gym in the morning and whatnot right and so if we can shift the conversation towards the bulky now it's actually in the winter months that you want to prepare your body for the summer because that's when you put on the muscle the muscle that you want to theoretically show off when you cut in the spring and so that's where the i think the mind game is is the, is the greatest there because you know let's say october 1st you start okay i'm gonna i'm gonna go through a bulk so you're gonna increase your calories okay you're gonna increase your calories by 400 calories let's say um by the way, what I would do is start off with 200 calories and then slowly make it up to 400 calories because just throwing in extra calories might actually get you to gain more body fat than you really intended to anyways. So anyways, so when you train for bulking, the assumption again would be more is better, right? Taking that tool with a Tim the Toolman Taylor approach, you know, more is better, bigger, better. And it's not necessarily true. You want to stimulate the muscle, but you want to let it recover. And I think that's one of the problems too. When it comes to bulking, people think that they've got to be in the gym, you know, five, six days a week to, you know, constantly stressing their muscles to build them. And the truth of the matter is it, you don't, right? And so like, I mean, when we were talking about bulking, I was telling you, okay, well, you're going to train every other day now because I wanted you to have that day of complete rest. Because if you were to train, let's say you did a, a five-day split, that's only two days of real rest. And so if the assumption is you're going 110% every time you're in the gym, when are you allowing your body to recover? When are you allowing your body to use the calories to help you recover, right? Fats have benefit. Protein obviously is going to build your muscle. If you're constantly picking at a scab, is it going to heal? It's not. Same, same, same goes for muscles. I like that analogy. I've never heard that before. Um, I do think that people really undervalue recovery, um, especially in, I mean, we've talked about challenges in the past, but challenges like 75 hard, where you're working out an hour and a half a day, it's really hard for your body to recover. And it's kind of um, compound interest because you're doing it for such a long period of time. Yeah, that's why, like, I mean, if you, if you really look at a bodybuilders, let's, and again, I'm the only reason why I'm bringing up bodybuilding is because, you know, if we're talking about putting on muscle, you know, who knows better than specifically putting on muscle than bodybuilders, you will see that their training changes. They actually will use more machines because that allows them to push more weight, right? And, you know, they'll use some free weights, but sparingly, but they will use way more machines to, to move more weight, right? The argument of machine versus free weights is typically, well, you're using more muscles when you're, when you're using free weights. Yeah, you are. But if you're trying to put on muscle, you want to be strategic. You don't want to burn calories just on everything and anything. You want to be able to, you know, push as much as you can to stimulate that muscle growth. So you will see bodybuilders gravitate more towards 
machinery first. And then, you know, maybe they might do a couple of free weight exercises, but the majority of their, their workout is going to be machines. And then as soon as they start to go into, into the cutting stage, they will go into free weights more and they will take less rest and they will start to do more supersets, right? Because the idea is they're, they're doing their cardio via weight training. So a superset, right? Let's say you take two different exercises, you do 10 and then 10, that's really 20 repetitions, right? In 20 repetitions, let's call that 30 seconds of work. That's 30 seconds of moving a certain amount of weight. Your heart is working. That's your cardio. You don't have to stand on a treadmill and walk on it to get cardio. Like you can do it through weight training. And so that's my other reason why when I get people coming in and they go, I want to lose weight. Okay, well, we're going to do weight training but the variables have to be specific so that it helps you to lose weight by the same token if you're putting on size your those ver same variables have to change in order to allow you to put on size so for example i'm going through my bulking right now i'm do taking three minutes rest in between sets and i'm doing really really heavy of whatever it is that i'm lifting and i'm training every other day the idea again is i'm allowing my body to to stimulated to put on that muscle in the spring it'll change i mean i have very little rest i'm probably not going to lift as much weight because the idea is that i'm doing my cardio through the weight training the weight training also helps sustain the muscle because i'm because i'm constantly contracting those muscles yeah that makes a lot of sense to me i know that um those rest periods will get to you. Like I have a timer on my phone and on my watch and I'm really diligent in making sure I'm hitting my rest periods because it's really easy to like hop on your phone between sets and just dawdle and not realize how much time has passed. But if your rest period is 30 seconds, each set you do after that is going to be more taxing and therefore increase your heart rate. And therefore that is your cardio. And we both That's know right. that that's the only cardio I'm going to do because there's no way I'm running. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And like, I mean, that's, that's the, that's probably the best way to get anyone into fitness because most people hate cardio, right? And if you, if you really want more bang for your buck, that's the way to do it. Lift weights with less rest. Absolutely. Was there anything else you wanted to go over for bulking? No, just increase your calories. Like I said, three to 400 calories. Make sure you, you do change the variables when you're training. You want to, you know, increase the volume by increasing the volume, you're going to want to increase your rest periods. Um, and make sure that your not just your rest periods increase, but your your recovery days also increase. So I would say if you wanted to train for two hours a day, because for whatever reason you felt the need to, then that recovery day is most definitely going to be needed, right? Yeah. Well, I think that this was a pretty comprehensive discussion about cutting and bulking i hope you guys enjoyed this episode of three pillars lifestyle you can find us on spotify apple anywhere you hear podcasts if you guys don't mind um, following us and rating the episode it really helps us out with the algorithm and then share with anyone you think would enjoy this content um, you can find me at lady carnivory on instagram and where can people find you brian i'm on instagram at pt.briancruz all right and i guess we'll see you all in the next one Okay, bye. All right, guys. See you. Bye.